The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. It's the Ringer's Philly Special presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page, plus start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hello and welcome to the Ringer's Philly Special. My name is Chris Ryan. I'm an editor at TheRinger.com. I'm joined by Raheem Palmer from The Ringer Gambling Show. Raheem, what's going on, man? Life is good outside of the Phillies not winning that game last night. I mean, they had all the opportunities in the world. It was kind. Of, it kind of hurt to see that, you know. Just yeah, they, it was. It was tough, man. I mean, the, there there were a couple of at bats there where I felt like I was seven years old again, like like biting into a towel. I couldn't believe how nervous it was making me down the stretch there, but. Yeah, Stroh's just had a little too much for us. Uh, the Phillies have been providing a little bit of cover for this weird Sixers season that Raheem and I felt compelled to talk about on this Friday because news came out yesterday that James Harden is going to miss up to a month, at least, I think, with a, a foot tendon injury. And it comes off the back of the Sixers kind of like getting out of this tailspin that they started with, pulling themselves up a little bit, and then kind of leveling out and being what they are, which is frankly like a pretty mediocre team right now. Without Harden, Embiid missing some time due to a non-COVID illness, DeAnthony Melton with some lower back stiffness. We're recording this at noon Pacific on Friday, and the Sixers are playing the Knicks in a couple of hours. They're currently four and five. I don't know, man. So when we did this first podcast about the Sixers season after the first few games, Raheem, you were sounding some alarms. Does Harden missing a month make you even more pessimistic or is it kind of like it's not really changing the, the equation here for you? Um, It really hurts just because Harton was in such great shape coming off of a hamstring injury. I felt like he was really playing well. And now this is a setback where you don't know what Harton you're going to get when he comes back. And I think that's mm-hmm. the most troubling thing for me because, you know, like this guy's getting older. He has a lot of mileage on him and for him to, to miss a month and then he has to be worked in. And then not only with Harden, 
MB hasn't been the same guy this year. So no, MB with think- his own foot issue with the planet for sight is that's apparently developed over the summer and prevented him from really like doing much on court stuff during the off season. Yeah, and you know, you look at this team last year. Last year, I mean, they they pretty much weathered the storm without Ben Simmons. Um, you know, you look at that team last year. Joel Embiid was playing at an MVP level, and they were thirty five and twenty three at the All Star break, and they basically were paying one guy to just stay home. And now, I mean. You, you ask yourself, can they duplicate that? And it, it doesn't appear that they can do it because when you look at Joel Embiid, he, I mean, they're a minus seven with him on the court this year. They're only scoring 114 points per one possessions with him on, 119 points per, per one possessions with him off. And the defense is significantly worse with him on the floor. So, dude, the, the, the defense, I mean, we you, you can throw any number you want at me right now and I would believe it about this defense. And I think that the issue that I'm having, let's let's take like a, We'll, we'll get to the defense and we'll get to the specifics of the team. The issue that I'm having is that there are some teams where, frankly, when one of the star players goes out, you're kind of almost curious. You're like, hmm, wonder what this is going to be like. You know, maybe, maybe the coach will try some different lineups or maybe a different player is going to step up. I don't feel that way about the Sixers. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. feel like there's some magical combination of players that Doc's been ha- holding back from the team because he's also playing hard in 35 minutes a game. I don't feel like there's a different identity for this team that's going to come out because pretty, pretty much Harden has been running the show. He's been the chief facilitator of the team. He's averaging 10 assists a game. And love him or hate him or, you know, I, aesthetically, I don't really, like, enjoy watching Harden ISO at the top of the key and set everything up. But that's the heartbeat of the team. Like it's gonna, it's gonna take basically Maxi becoming the playmaker that we hope he's gonna become because the scoring is there. Obviously, Maxi has had breakout games. Everybody had kind of tipped him to be a possible uh, you know, a breakout player for the Sixers this year, and he's lived up to the hype. The dark side of that is that Maxi's also responsible for this defensive frailty that this team has, right? Yeah. Without a doubt. And, you know, the, the one thing, like, at least if it was Maxie and Harden on the court, like, together, mm-hmm. the uh, like, I, I at least was optimistic if MB was struggling to start the year, still had his injuries. Uh, I was optimistic that this team would be able to score some points. I mean, I think right now, what are they? They seven from offensive rate. And I was optimistic that this, this could be a team that would push the pace and just go out there and outscore teams with Harden as a playmaker. But now, I mean... Like this bench, like you look at the bench, the bench are dead, like they're dead last in points per game. So you take away Harden and you, you look at MB, who's really struggling right now. Who's going to bring it for you? Like, who's going to give you that extra ump? Now, Tobias Harris, I mean, he's he's in the starting lineup. He's only he's averaging 13 points a game, but I need more from some of these guys. Like, Montres Harrell looks like a shell of his former self. And then the rest of the guys is just like, where, where do the points come from? Yeah, so you mentioned the Harris piece. He is a very well-paid fourth option on this team right now. Obviously, like some room to step up here in the absence of Harden. Do you feel like there's something to be said for Harris taking on like the kind of Westbrookian veteran, you know, former All-Star can can fill up the cup like and get get you 24 or 25 points on any given night? Should Harris be the lead scorer in the second unit and move to the bench? I, I don't think you can move him to the bench just because it's just 
in a perfect world, let's say like let's say even with Harden, because the problems mm. that they had on Wednesday are the problems that they're going to have on Friday. It's just that now the offense is probably going to suffer even more because now they don't have like this primary playmaker. Yeah, I I, I just struggle with it because I mean. I, I think you need you need Harris's defense as well. Like you need, oh, it, it, like, like, <laughs> like I mean, it's just <laughs> where do you even go? Because it's just like I mean, if you put, it's not like Max. At least if Maxi was a good playmaker, maybe I mean you could have him with House and just have House spot up. But it's just like you you actually need Harris to be. I think he has a seventeen percent usage rate. Like you need him to you need him to give you twenty four points a game now. So it's just. It's it's rough. I, I don't know how Doc puts this together. Right. And Doc seems to be at once shuffling his deck, but also like non-committal, right? Like I think mm. there is like a faction of Sixers fans. Probably if, if I was a general NBA fan or a fan of another team, I would have no idea that this argument was happening. But like there is a really passionate group of of fans who believe in Paul Reed. And maybe even beyond believing in Paul Reed, just are like let me see it. Like what's, 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 what do you have to lose by playing Paul Reed, by playing a more athletic five who can maybe starts the four a little bit, can, can show some like bounce in the paint that you, like you said, Harold looking like a shell of himself. I don't really know like what we get out of, out of Harold just being like the, you're the veteran. So you go in there. So what do you want to see from doc? I mean, like is, is, or is this a doc problem at all? Is this just a personnel problem? I think this is a personnel problem, and I think at this point... Because we killed MB, Doc on that first episode, right? Like, we were just like, man, you didn't get these guys ready to play for this season, and what's what's going on here? At this point, I need I just need Embiid to come back healthy, and I need him to be at least, you know, 75 80% of what he was last season. That's, that's what I need. Um, otherwise, yeah. this team is going nowhere fast. I mean, with Hart, not a month. And so, they don't have the easiest schedule over the next month either. They do not. I mean, well, th- you, that's a really good point. They have a very difficult schedule over this hardened absence. Now, one of the issues at hand right now is I've, tr- I've tried to check myself a little bit. The NBA is not the NFL. Like, we may treat it like the NFL where the narrative shifts every 24 hours and we're all focused on winners and losers and what does it mean and everything. The NBA is way closer to baseball. It's a long season. There are injuries. You can have... Look at the Celtics last season, their explosion coming out of Christmas to propel them into the finals. Like lots of things can happen. We've both witnessed mm-hmm. enough NBA seasons to know that it's not decided by Thanksgiving. Yeah. But that being said, this is not our older brother's Eastern Conference. Yeah. <laughs> this is not like two teams, Miami and, and Cleveland at the top, and then a bunch of muck in the middle just kind of like slap fighting their way to the playoffs. We got teams like Cleveland. We got teams like Boston. We got teams like Milwaukee. We've got teams like Toronto. We've got teams that are growing and shaping who they're going to be and are kind of leaving us in the rearview mirror, right? We're way yeah. closer to the Knicks than we are the Cavs right now. Yeah, I, I, and I, I agree with that. Um, you know, one thing I will say is that last year the Sixers were 6-8 six and eight without Joel Embiid, and they had a minus 5.2 net rating. And a lot of those losses, I think at one point they had lost – what five straight games without um Embiid, but yeah. over the second half of the season, you saw them start to pick up some wins. I actually um, I intended the Memphis Grizzlies game, um, um, which they won one twenty two one nineteen against the Grizzlies. I think they this last season. Yeah, last yeah. season I was there. Okay. I was of course I. They actually won the last three games without Embiid last year. Um, and Maxi really stepped up. So if there's one thing I will say about Glenn, 
is that although his team <laughs> underperformed, you've just re- just revoked his PhD repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> like I always say, there's only one doc. I know. And his name I is know Julius it. Irvin. But one thing I will say about Glenn is that although his teams tend to over underperform when he has all these superstar talents, he tends to find a way to win when right. the, the chips are stacked against him. I mean, you look it's at the somebody, junkyard clippers that are really impressive. It's yeah. the, it's the what he has Chris Paul and JJ Redick and, and Blake Griffin. It's like, how can you not win a title with these guys? But when it's like a bunch of late firsts and early seconds and free agents. It's like, wow, you're just like spun together this awesome squad. Um, you know, you mentioned the bench and I think that that's definitely been, been an issue because if you're going to have a team that's got frailties, like whether it's Harden and Embiid's uh, health or Maxi's, you know, still developing defensive responsibilities, just got a lot of one dimensional players like Thibel. The bench was intentionally constructed, I think, by Daryl Morey to give us a little bit more of a sense of confidence going into the season and to give guys like Harden and Embiid a little bit more of a breather. Um, it's been a really disappointing turn so far from the backups. Do you feel like... What do you feel like is like the biggest issue facing that second unit? Um, For me, it just feels like it's just shot creation, really. Like, um, Do you feel like they're like screaming out for a Jordan Clarkson? Yes. I, I, like that's exactly what they're screaming out for, and I, I think Melton's gonna have to do more. I mean, if they don't do anything, I mean, I expected. I think a lot of people expected Montrezl Harold to go out there and be six man of the year, Montrezl Harold, mm-hmm. and just kind of just just put the offense on his back, and that hasn't happened. And we all know that he struggles defensively, so it's just it's just it's just tough. Um, so it's just like I mean, honestly, I would like to see Shake probably get a little bit more minutes, <laughs> but it's just God. It's a name. It's a name you don't hear very much, right? Yeah, like it's just I don't. I don't know what the answers are to be honest with you. <laughs> Going for your first ever run around the park, literally running errands all over town. Running for the finish line and your personal best. If you run, you're a runner. Find the shoes and clothes to run your way at newbalance.com slash running. New Balance. Run your way. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you feel like taking the the numbers and the the gambling and 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 everything you can do to analyze this team? How do you mm-hmm. feel about watching them? Because the the thing that's been been tough for me is not necessarily what like how they aesthetically play, like and whether it's mm-hmm. like a slow offense or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the inconsistency of uh, of effort that's rough. It's like you yeah. turn on the game for me out here. It's like four thirty, and I turn on the Sixers game, and I can just see them flatlining. In the first few minutes, and I'm like, am I really going to spend next two hours or, or whatever change watching this? Like watching these guys kind of lope through 
a game against the Wizards. And it's, they've had like an odd season where they have back-to-backs against Toronto and, and Washington, like where you have these two game sets and they've split them. Mm-hmm. But I think it's very telling that they, they can't seem to string together more than two good games in a row. Well, I mean, they did win three. They they won three straight, to, to, to be fair. Okay. And, and then, obviously, MB didn't play the second game against the he didn't he didn't play either the game against the wizards and right i think the thing is with some of these scheduling spots is that you find that it's very hard to sweep a team so they played the raptors twice and the first game mb played and they struggled in transition and the raptors really just shot lights out in the second game they responded so i mean without mb and I, I gotta give them credit for that and then they come back on a back-to-back they beat the bulls uh, I think the Bulls were on a back-to-back as well. But my yeah. problem with that game is that that game should have been over long before it was over. They were up 18, 20 points in the first half, and it becomes a game where, you know, they they cough up the lead. So I think that's the most frustrating thing for me is that you saw the offense actually die at one point. And then – yeah. You know, no, no, that you're right. I mean, that's not even – like you mentioned the three wins in a row. It's not like the W's as much as it's like – did you did you leave any of those W's being like I feel great about the Sixers? Yeah, like you just didn't you just didn't feel. I mean, I felt great about the way they responded against the Raptors without Embiid. I felt like that was good sure. because you, you you stopped the Raptors from getting out in transition. You you put up good offense, and then it felt like that carried over to the Bulls in the first quarter. And then by the end by the end of the half, you're like, what the hell did I just watch? <laughs> I wonder if psychologically, because one of the funny things about this season so far has been because for for if you're a Phillies fan, obviously the Phillies are in the World Series. If you're an Eagles fan, the Eagles remain undefeated going into to mm. you know after winning in Houston. There has been this like cover of of I'm sure sports talk radio are not talking about Glenn as you put it. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm sure sports talk radio isn't begging for Paul Reed to get subbed in. I'm sure Sports Talk Radio is not talking about what happened to Shake Milton. So I do wonder, after this World Series ends over the weekend and the Sixers come back on Monday and play Phoenix, like even if they beat the Knicks tonight, that's sort of when the season starts for a lot of sports fans. You know what I mean? Like for a lot of Philly sports fans, whether or not they're like, okay, the eye of Sauron is now turning towards... Towards the Philadelphia 76ers, because now we don't have Bryce Harper to distract distract us from our woes. I mean, it's also the Eagles, too. I mean, the Eagles are 8 0. I mean, I think for a lot yeah, of I'm people. Yeah, I officially am not complaining about the Sixers until the Eagles lose, but I know that's not your case. Yeah, I mean, I think I think for a lot of for a lot of casual NBA fans, basketball doesn't start until Christmas. Yeah. So they get a little reprieve right now, but I mean, and then also we know that Harden is hurt, so he, he gets he gets a little bit of a pass right now. I think if they go out there and lose seven in a row or something like that, um, which is very possible right now, <laughs> and depending on when NB comes back, I think yeah. that's when you'll see a hit. But if they can just weather the storm, and you know this is a long season. I mean, you mentioned it earlier. The Boston Celtics they went on a run starting in February. So if they can just kind of just weather the storm, make sure they stay in things, um, be competitive, I don't know if they're going to be criticized like that because we all know Harden's out a month and MB's a little banged up. Bill and Rob on Bill's pod last night, Bill Simmons and Rob Mahoney did mm-hmm. a, a bit kind of going through, I think they were talking, oh no, you know, it was Bill and Raja at the mm-hmm. end of Bill and Raja's pod together about Kyrie. They were talking about Brooklyn. They kind of ran through the Eastern Conference and were like, Right now, 
like, do you think Brooklyn has a better shot at the playoffs really than these teams? And they got down to like seven. They got seven teams in front of Brooklyn. So I want to do the same exercise with you really quickly. Okay. So the Sixers are currently in eighth, four and five. Uh, they are tied with the Heat. Basic, the Heat are, are also four and five. But right now, the Bucks obviously at the top of the conference at seven and zero, oh, and I think they're the only team left undefeated in the NBA. Obviously, the Sixers are not anywhere close to what the Bucks are right now. Mm-hmm. How real do you think this Cavs team is, and do you think the Sixers like? Are, are how far behind the Cavs, not games-wise, but like act, as an actual team, are, do you think the Sixers are from the Cavs? They're extremely far from the Cavs. <laughs> like, I, I just think the Cavs kind of have it all to me. They have two bigs, and then they have, they have shooters, and then they have two guards who can kind of get their own shot whenever. And yeah. you saw it against the Celtics. I think that could legitimately be a second round or a third round playoff matchup, depending on how how things fall in the bracket. So I think I think the Cavs are for real. The Raptors and the Hawks are both five and three. We obviously just took a, a game off the Raptors last week, but typically I would just say that the Raptors and the Hawks are like are absolutely the kind of team that are right beneath the Sixers. But the last time Ben Simmons played playoff basketball, we all know what happened with the Hawks yeah. and the Raptors do seem to have Joel Embiid's number to some extent. Yeah. So I'm not really like, I don't feel like great about the Sixers leapfrog and the Raptors, nor do I think the Sixers necessarily have the, I don't know, the infrastructure to be, to be better than these teams right now. I mean, the Hawks, I'm a little bit le- less, less high on, but like, what do you, what do you think of those two teams in front of the Sixers? I don't think the I don't think the Sixers are better than the Raptors. I, I don't, I, I just think right now the Raptors to me, they just, they're so tough defensively and they're a team that like in the regular season, I I just don't like, they're going to make it, they're going to be tough to go in there and just, and just deal with Toronto's length with Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi. And right now I think Pascal Siakam might be the best player on either one of those teams, the way he's playing. Jesus. (laughs) I know it sounds crazy. No, but that's, this is the thing is that like time keeps ticking on. That is not that wild. James Harden's 33. Joel Embiid has plantar fasciitis. Like, you're not wrong to kind of throw that out there as like a, what if we have now entered the era where like Pascal might be the best player on the Sixers or the Raptors. We're also kind of proving the point of this exercise, which is now we're down, you know, you didn't really say one way or the other about the Hawks, but next on on the list is the Celtics, who I would definitely say are better than the Sixers, despite like some of the off-court noise happening with the Udoka exit and mm-hmm. and whether or not he's going to take over the Nets. Mm-hmm. You've got the Bulls, who I think are playing better than most people expected them to right now. But mm-hmm. you know the Sixers took care of when they played, although the Bulls were coming off a of back-to-back. Where do you feel? What do you feel about the Celtics and the Bulls grouping of play of teams? Well, let me hit the Hawks. Um, I, I think the Hawks. Oh yeah, I, I, I think. This is tough just because I, I, I'm still, like, figuring out the Hawks. Like, to me, they they just – I think they're in the same range as the Sixers. I think if the Sixers are healthy, I, I like the Sixers better than the Hawks. But as far as the Celtics, I, I think the Celtics are a better team than the Sixers right. by far. I, I just I just believe that. I, I just think with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, like, that offense is absolutely humming right now. I think the issue with the, the Celtics right now is their defense and – it really come. It's a matter of Robert Williams coming back healthy, but I just think they have more punch. Um, as far as the Bulls, 
I'm not really a fan of the Bulls. I'm going to be honest with you. I look at the Bulls the same way I looked at those, like the 2014 to the 2018 Toronto Raptors. To me, they're a a good team. And I love Kyle Lowry and I love DeMar DeRozan. They have the DeRozan ceiling, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. So, and and you see it every time the Bulls kind of play an elite team. Like, they can beat up on the bottom feeders of the Eastern or Western Conference, but when they go up against um, the Bucks or when they go up against um, the Suns or the Warriors or even the Sixers, they you could just see they're not in the same class. Okay. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take the Sixers are better than the Bulls. But the problem is, is that in this group of underperforming Eastern Conference teams, we've got some heavyweights like Miami, who yeah. I know people have their doubts about, but ultimately have kind of proven over and over again that you count them out at your peril. Yeah. And then problematically, you've got the Nets lurking in the basement of the Eastern Conference, who I'm not necessarily, I'm not buying net stock at all. But if you're telling me that the Nets somehow put together the best version of the team that they have mm-hmm. in the second half of the season, I'm not thrilled at the idea of playing them. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I think the Nets, the thing, the thing with the Nets is that, like, I don't even know if Kyrie's going to be in the NBA at some point. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know either, but I still, I'm not so sure that I yeah. love Steph Curry, Seth Curry, Joe Harris. I don't know, some some version of Ben, KD, like if they just like turn the noise down, like that's yeah. that's kind of like what I'm kind of getting at here is that you know, when you a, look at the match- Eastern Conference, there's eight or nine teams in front of the line on the on Philly. You know what? In a matchup against Brooklyn versus Philly, I think that's a matchup Brooklyn can win just because the Sixers are dead last in transition defense. And this is a game in which the Nets where they literally could just run them off the court. We saw it last year. And then you add Ben Simmons to that. I know Ben isn't what he was, but like they could just go out there and outscore the Sixers. And I like, I wouldn't be thrilled about that matchup either. So I, well, I we'll find out. I mean, there's a, there Ben coming back to Philly is, is on, on this upcoming, upcoming schedule that we've got for us ourselves. Yeah. Um, let's, let's wrap it up here. Like, mm-hmm. I think that when we first did this pod, week or two ago i was like i'm pretty panicked this is pretty bad now we're four and five hardens out and b is playing himself back into shape to whatever extent he can with the injury what's your panic meter at i'm gonna go i'm gonna go seven that's pretty high that is high i mean just because i think this next stretch it's 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 huge and like they have to weather the storm with an MB who's not healthy, with no James Harden. And you look at the, this next stretch of games, you got New York, you got Phoenix, you got Atlanta twice, you got Utah, who is proven they're not a walking apart. You got Milwaukee, you got the, the Timberwolves, you got the Nets. And then, you, I mean, you don't really get a reprieve into the Hornets on November 23rd, and then you got the Magic twice. And right now, like... I wouldn't be surprised if they lost those games as well. So yeah. I'm really Imagine panicking. just beat Golden State. I mean, it's just there's not a lot of nights off in this league anymore. Yeah, like so it's just like it's it's very scary. Like to me, when I look at the Sixers team, I think like on paper, if you have a healthy heart and you have a healthy MB, I like them over the Bulls. I like them over the Wizards. I like them over the Heat. I like them over the Hawks. But they're not healthy. So right. it's just... Like at this point, this could be a play a play in team if 
That's no. my point. That's yeah. the scariest idea. Is that is that after all of this, if you're saying that their ceiling is a second round team, but we're really talking about this team getting dragged into a playoff fight with the Brooklyn's of the world. Oh God. Yeah. Philly baseball can't start soon enough. <laughs> The playoffs for the Eagles can't start soon enough. I mean, like, I don't know how many more distractions you can have to to take the heat off Glenn and this Sixers team. You know what, though? Here's here. I'm, I'm, I'll just for for the sake of optimism, because the Phillies have taught me to be optimistic. And, you know, I will say that, like, there is a version of this next month where they kind of like eke it out at 500. And they're yeah. basically around the same winning percentage that they are now when Harden gets back. And they learn a little bit about themselves and maybe maybe some of these bench guys fall into roles that they feel more comfortable in. And there is a version of this team that I think is healthier and stronger going into the post Thanksgiving, the holiday run as the season starts to get more and more real. And I, I, I totally allow for the idea that a James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, Joel and basketball team can have a hell of a second half of the season. But you're right, man. From the first thing you said, it's just like a 33 year old with a foot injury does not fill you with like tons of confidence. Yeah, and then another star player who, I mean, he flops and falls all over the court. He's always banged up. He misses games. He's and I love Joel Embiid, but there's a lot of issues with him right now. <laughs> say some, say something positive for us to end the podcast with. Talk to me about like how Maxi makes you feel or something. I, I love Tyrese Maxi right now. Okay. I, I think to me, this is where he explodes. I, I think you see him make the leap into a, a possible All Star. I mean, right now he's at 24 points a game on 17 shots a game. He's shooting 40, almost 47% from three. I think you get most improved player Tyreek Maxey, and I think you get an all-star. And I think if he can just keep us above water, like like you said, 500 basketball, I think the Sixers go into the second half of the year and they kind of they kind of roll to the to the playoffs. And I also think we all know Maury, he's not going to stop trying to make this team better. Yeah, so. that's the other thing is in the back pocket. Is I don't yeah. I don't know what the Tobias market is. I don't know how uh, how much he'd be willing to cut as a surgeon to 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 save the patient here. Yeah, uh, to use a use one of my favorite lines from a a, a Bourne movie. But I don't know what he wants. To, how how severe he's willing to get here. There there's. There's going to be a lot of roster upheaval, I think, in this league, especially as these teams that maybe have overperformed expectations get more serious about Victor and Scoot and the draft and what they're doing in the future. I think you'll see some of these teams cut bait on their seasons, and in that case, their rosters will be up for grabs. And what's Daryl prepared to do, and what what really is the market? Yeah, I, like I, I like I totally agree with that, and I just think at some point, some of these teams are going to like. They're going to give away players. Like, there's just uh-huh. no way in the world. That, like, this, I don't expect this Sixers roster to look the same um, post trade deadline. So, I, I, so I, like, that's the one thing I'll give Maury is that he'll, he's always willing to make this team better. And I have faith there. All right. Well, we'll be, we'll be keeping an eye on it. Phillies all weekend. Mm-hmm. And then once we get into next week, week after, I think Raheem and I will be on a little bit more of a regular schedule. We just wanted to clear out for Shield to have his mm. uh, Citizens Bank experience. Uh, mm. Please check out Shield all weekend on the Phillies. And then Solak and Shield will be back next week doing usual Eagle stuff. Raheem, where can right, we I, I got to ask you something before we leave. Okay. W- what's your thoughts on the Phillies coming back and winning the series? It could happen. Because here's the thing is, you know what? I, I actually find watching this Phillies team not that stressful because of the 
the the three true outcomes style baseball yeah. that they play, where they're just you could just see these dudes are not situationally hitting. They're just just doing uppercut swings trying to get the ball out of the park, and yeah, the homers dried up for the last two games. But I think they could they could just as easily do what they did in game one, you know, to the to the Astros in game in game six. So I have I have some optimism, but winning two in Minute Maid is hard. I'm a gambling guy, so uh huh. <laughs> the odds right now on the Phillies coming back to win this series is are plus four fifty. So that's a hundred dollars for every four fifty. I mean, uh-huh. you get four you get four fifty for every hundred dollars. Are you taking it? Yeah, I take it. Okay, <laughs> I take a flyer. Right? I bet that you is, did, didn't you? I didn't take it yet, but I'm I'm really thinking about it. Like I'm thinking hard because I'm like. And this is what I do in all sports, so specifically in basketball. But when there's a game six, I don't play game six. If I like a team to win game six, or if I just feel like they have any chance of winning game six, I take them to win a series. And okay, because we, we all know in game seven anything can happen. That's my point, and it's it's a little bit more the case in basketball. I think baseball is a little funky because like then you start like there's no tomorrow, so Verlander can pitch the fifth or whatever they want to yeah. do. So a lot of that stuff that feels like very controlled by a manager, then all of a sudden becomes like subject to pressure and, and you know t- tension. I just think the six the Phillies are just a team that if you need they, even until the last out of last night, I was like, you never know they could hit two home runs with with two outs left in the bo- in the bottom of the ninth. Like they, any guy on that on that team can pretty much go yard. So like I'm not counting them out, but I do recognize the enormity of the challenge. Yeah. I agree with and you. And also, guys. they've given you so, like, I just feel like I've, like, fallen in love with this team. Yeah. So it's just like, it's been such a joy to watch them this postseason that I'm not saying the World Series doesn't matter, but it won't be like, what a waste of time. Yeah. Like, the way Dodgers fans are kind of like, God damn it, why did I do this again if they're just going to lose? Like, mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, this Phillies team is pretty great. Thanks for the memories. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Like, I mean, like, nobody expected this. Like, I mean, it took us to, like, the last week of the season to get into the playoffs. Like, I'm going to remember that Bryce Harper home run in the bottom of yeah. for the rest of my Reese, life. Reese Hoskins' bat body slam thing will be like engraved in my memory long after anything else. Like I remember that clearer than some some Chase Jimmy stuff from from the last time they were in the World Series, you know, like that's going to be a, a thing I hold on to. Thanks so much for listening. The Philly special is cranking so you can hear stuff on the Phillies, the Eagles, and the Sixers coming up. Make sure you listen to Raheem on the Ringer and uh, Ringer Gambling Show and make sure you check me out on The Watch and The Rewatchables and everywhere else you can find me. Thanks for checking us out. <laughs>